0: Hello, everyone. And welcome back to Note to Self with Peyton Sarton. That's me. I'm Peyton Sarton. I'm so happy to be back this week with a solo episode. I had so many guests so far that I've really wanted to be on the show. And I cannot wait for y'all to hear from them. I oddly love interviewing. I didn't think that I would love interviewing this much, but I really love it. So I'm really excited for the future, but this episode, I kind of wanted to do a solo episode just so I could like chill at my house, not have to go see anyone or do anything or honestly just be social to get this week's episode done. So I asked you guys on social media what you guys want to hear about and a lot of responses included talking about college and I know that it's kind of back to school for you know, high school, college, and I thought that the topic of speaking on my experience at college would be such a great one to share with you guys. And you guys had a couple of questions asking about various things about my college experience, and I'm really happy to share that with you guys. So before we get into all of that, first things first, I really want to thank y'all for your support As of late, both on Instagram, on the podcast, on TikTok, on YouTube, if you have liked or commented anything lately, I just feel really thankful and appreciative of you. Thank you so much for taking your time and hanging out with me on social media sometimes. If you've left a rating or a review for the podcast, I so, so, so appreciate you. I love reading the reviews on the Apple Podcast app. It just like, warms my cold dead heart. I've said that before. I absolutely love it. I think it's so crazy that people like, like me enough (laughs) to take time out of their day to like write a thoughtful review. And some of those are so thoughtful. So thank you guys so much. I think my Instagram has just been such a happy place lately. I'm really loving that you guys are liking the content on there. And I noticed that a lot of you Whether it's listening to the podcast or through Instagram, are coming from TikTok, which I think is so cool because I've been experimenting with sharing the podcast on TikTok in different ways. And I'm so happy that it's like resonating with people and just reaching a new audience. So if you're here from TikTok, hi, I love you. You're the best. Thank you for coming. Thank you guys for going and following me on Instagram and everything. That's at Peyton Sarton, by the way. (laughs) I just really appreciate it. So I wanted to start the episode off by saying that to you guys and giving y'all a little update from the last week. So I got back from DC on Tuesday. So the day that y'all heard the last episode, I was on the plane going back from DC and I landed in Los Angeles at like 11 a.m. I took a really early flight and picked up some stuff for my brand, full disclosure, picked up the samples for the little micro collection I'm doing for High Summer, which is coming out pretty soon. And literally that evening went with a photographer and my friend who was the other model for the collection and shot on the beach. Um, We shot for like two hours just to get all the photos done. And it was just such a whirlwind of a day. So that was absolutely amazing. And um, the last episode I had pre-recorded. So some updates from D.C. I was visiting my boyfriend in D.C. We were in New York first because he plays baseball. If you guys are new here. And I know some of you are. So my boyfriend plays baseball for his job. He was playing in New York. And then he went back to D.C. where his team is, where he lives for the season. We hung out in uh, Washington, D.C. for a little while. It was such a good week. I just feel like it's just it's weird because we've been dating for only a little over a year now. But we've gone through so many different phases. Like there's obviously the honeymoon phase And then there's like what they call the struggle phase where like you're kind of figuring out each other's boundaries and like kind of arguing about things and all this. And now we're back in this like we're just in this weird phase where I'm like so obsessed with him. And I know it's just fucking annoying to hear someone talk about their boyfriend. I know if you all have been here for a hot second, you know, this is not someone else has taken over my body, (laughs) a demon, perhaps. Anyways, we just had the best week, and I'm so obsessed with him. It's not perfect. Like, our relationship isn't perfect, obviously. We argue and things happen, but I just, like, am obsessed with him lately. He's the cutest thing ever. So we were in D.C. for a little while. Some of you guys reached out in DM and wished us well because you guys saw that Joe did get injured. So he has something wrong with his elbow. He's gotten surgery on it before and he was really worried that he might have to have surgery again. But after going to the doctor, they told him basically, Hey, just do this like stem cell shot or something. And then no surgery, just take the rest of the season off, which is only a month. So that works out not well, but like, it could be way worse. Take the rest of the season off rest and come back next season. So he is doing well, given the circumstances and he doesn't need surgery, which is such good news. And thank you guys so much for sending your well wishes. Those of you who are fans of the Washington Nationals, fans of Joe, whoever saw that, if you DM'd me um that you were thinking about us, thank you so much. That was really sweet of you. And the update is No surgery quite yet, and the Nationals have already released that information, and if you guys follow that team and stuff, if any of you do, you probably already know that, but that's the update. But speaking of medical problems, (laughs) I have got to tell you guys what happened to me Sunday. So on Sunday of last week, when you're listening to this, it will be two Sundays ago, my last Sunday in D.C. with Joe, something happened. Terror struck. And I haven't told the story actually yet. I haven't even like said anything about it. I put it on my close friends story, but I'm just going to give you the the details of this, all right? Cuz it was a disaster, but it also brought us closer together, I think. So, in the middle of the night, you know, a little while Joe and I were having a night. We had a really good dinner and we went home. We might have had some time together, if you know what I mean. I would say 10 minutes after this, I was pretty, like, tipsy at this point. I remember everything, but I was pretty tipsy. So my stomach started hurting so badly. And this had to have been at 2 a.m. So I'm in bed laying there. And my stomach, it was a weird feeling, like a cramp and gas. But it wasn't either of those things because I know what those feel like. This might be TMI, but I don't care. You You know how I am. Anyways, so... I'm sitting there and I'm not a person that likes to show that I'm in pain. I don't like to show when I feel weak. I don't like to open up to people in that way. So usually if I'm in pain, like I could be like, I've been like severely injured before. (laughs) Like, you know, parts of my skin cut open, things like that and no reaction. One time I accidentally cut my finger in a blender and I was with a bunch of roommates that I lived with in college and I like just walked upstairs casually, bleeding everywhere and no one knew that I had done that. So I don't like to react to things, okay? So keep that in mind. So I'm sitting there and my, my stomach starts having this weird kind of feeling. And I think it was like my lower abdomen. So I'm like, is it a cramp? No. Is it gas? No. I'm very familiar with both of those. But I didn't want to make a big deal about it. So I am sitting there just suffering kind of in pain. And then it starts getting worse and worse and worse. And eventually I am keeled over in the fetal position like literally laying on my side in the fetal position Joe's like what's wrong with you I'm like I literally don't know this is the worst pain and he's like well do we need to go to the ER and I'm like oh my god it's so drama I don't want to go to the ER or like urgent care or whatever so it was hurting for like 10 minutes straight of like that level of pain like I was keeled over I was like really hurting and if I'm showing that I'm in that much pain like it's really fucking painful so Joe springs into action. He puts his glasses on. He puts his hat on. He's leading me down the stairs. He's like, we are going to urgent care right now. We find the we find the closest urgent care. I'm in the car feeling like a sickly child. Then he, <laughs> we get to the closest urgent care place. He parks right in front of it, like in the middle of the street, stops the car. Like it's like straight out of a movie. Stops the car, leaves the car in the middle of the street and is so serious about getting me into this urgent care. So I get in there. By the time I'm in the urgent care, the pain has subsided a little bit. I'm sitting in there. Of course, it's 3am at this point. No one can see me until literally 5am. I have to tell you all this funny story. I really hope Joe's not fucking listening to this right now. Okay, this was another thing straight out of a movie. So we get in the urgent care. I'm paying to get in to see a doctor because they make you like pay first. I think I think that's how it went. So I'm paying it's pretty like There's not really anyone in this hospital at this point. So by the time I'm in the actual urgent care and going back to see a doctor, I was like, Joe, you can go move your car. Like, I don't need you to be like in my biz right now. Like you can go, you know, move your car, make sure you don't get a ticket or something. So because it's in the street. So he leaves, he comes back. And by the time he comes back, he comes back into the room that I'm in and I'm sitting there with a nurse answering some questions. And of course, I'm sitting there like just like makeup all over my face because I've been sweating and like almost crying and just like I'm in Joe's clothes. He's sitting there. She's asking me all these questions about my like health record and stuff. And she looks at me and she goes, "Okay, so you guys had intercourse tonight. And I was like, yes. And she was like, is he really big? (laughs) And he's sitting there and I have to tell He's sitting there looking at me and he doesn't want to show me that he is like, "Uh, yeah, tell her I'm huge. (laughs) Because let me tell you guys, Joe, in my opinion, speaking candidly, God, I hope he's not listening to this, has the best penis in the world. And I'm not just saying that because he's my boyfriend. Literally, I think part of the reason we started dating, a lot of the reason we started dating is because of his performance. Okay. Okay. I wouldn't have taken him seriously, probably, had I not experienced his performance in that area. So he is not lacking in any sense of the word. I have seen lacking before. I have dated lacking before in that way. Joe is nowhere near that. Now, would I say this person could send me to the hospital with the size of his dick? No, probably not. I mean, that's rare that someone is going to send you to the fucking hospital. All right. So... We're in this conversation, I'm looking at him, he's looking at me, the nurse is looking at me, I'm looking at the nurse, Joe's looking at the nurse, we don't know what to say. I'm like, no. (laughs) And he didn't react or anything because he knew this was like a serious thing that I did have to answer and I was in pain. After waiting for about two hours, they were like, obviously, standard, typical stomach issue problems that I always have. They're like, listen, you might want to get an ultrasound, but... You're not pregnant, and we can't tell if it's wrong with your stomach or, like, your ovaries or something like that. Um, From what I know, I don't have any pre-existing conditions or anything like that, so we'll see what happens. I don't need to give you all my entire medical history, but I thought that was fucking horrible and hilarious. By the time I left the hospital, it was 5 a.m. Joe brought me home before I went to sleep. He was like, I'll never forget the time that you told the nurse that my penis wasn't very big. (laughs) I'm like, okay. So I will literally, I don't think I'll ever live that down, but that was just kind of a tragic disaster that I didn't explain to you guys yet (laughs) that happened last week in my life. That was my Washington DC update. Okay. Okay. So let's move into the topic of today's episode. And that is college. Instead of just telling you guys my whole story about my college career, I'm going to answer some of your questions that kind of outline that story anyways. So we are going to start with some of your questions, some of them are pretty basic, and then we get into more, you know, questions about just about my college life, what I'm, how I prepared for after college, etc. So let's start at the start. So the first question is, where did you go to college? So many of you guys know I'm from Texas. My dad was actually in the Air Force, for some of you don't know, for a while when I was uh, young, so until I was probably like 13, so we moved around between Florida and Florida. And Texas in that time. And my whole family is from Texas. Both of my parents went to Texas A&M for college. My dad's dad went to Texas A&M for college. My dad's brother went to Texas A&M. My parents met there. If you guys are Aggies, any of you, uh, my parents met at the tap actually (laughs) way long ago. So my whole family's from Texas and I spent high school, part of middle school and high school in Fort Worth, Texas. So I call that my home. And because of that, I kind of wanted to stay near home because I guess in my earlier years, I had been moving quite a lot. And it was amazing, but also uncomfortable. So for college at that time, I thought it was best that I stayed near, quote, near to home. And I decided in typical my family fashion to go to Texas A&M University. For those of you who don't know A&M, it's a massive school. There's like fifty to 60,000 kids on campus. It's a huge Texas school. It's all about football country music, like shit like that. It's very, we're in the SEC as well, so it's just like very, I don't wanna say Southern school vibes because it's just not, Texas is such a different thing than the South, in my opinion, but it was a very standard large football school college experience. So the second question I have here is what was your major? So I majored in political science and I minored in sociology. I really wanted to go to law school pretty much for my entire life. I realized that I was really good at arguing and writing and communicating points. Early on, I was lucky enough to go to a very intensely academic-focused private school for my late middle school and high school years. So it was an amazing experience. It let me really hone in on those skills. And I decided that I really wanted to be a lawyer. So when I left high school, entering into college, I decided to major in political science. And I committed to that major. I stayed in that major all the way through college. I picked up the sociology minor because I was taking the sociology classes just for fun, because I thought that those were honestly the most interesting classes I took in my entire college career. So I just kept taking the classes because I liked them. And I was good at that, like kind of thinking. Um, And I thought that they were really interesting. A lot of them really opened my eyes to a lot of things that I hadn't seen growing up in Florida. And in Texas, especially later in Texas and Fort Worth, we were like living on a country club vibe and like went to that little private school It was kind of just a little bit like, I don't know, numbed the rest of the world. And it didn't really, to me, it wasn't living around people who were very realistic. So it was really nice to like, not get a dose of that completely in college, but see the world from kind of a bird's eye perspective, studying something like sociology. Uh, I thought that was really cool. And it just gave me what I was looking for. So I always took those classes up into like the higher level classes. And I ended up adopting that as a minor. So the next question, question number three, were you in a sorority? So this is actually kind of a story, and I think that you guys, some of you might relate to this, some of you might not. I know the whole Alabama Rush thing on TikTok is such a huge thing, so I think it's like the Rush thing is kind of popular right right now, and people are seeing like the ins and outs of how Rush works. So I want to preface this with, well, let's just get into the story. So the answer is no, I was not in a sorority in college. And what I'll say here about A&M is I got really lucky not being in a sorority because, one, it's not a school where Greek life is the only thing for sure. I feel like if you go to a Southern school, like a school like Alabama or Auburn, if you're not in a sorority or fraternity, I feel like people, from what I've heard, it's just like a different college experience. For me, when I was a freshman, I moved into a dorm. Well, it wasn't a dorm. It was a quote dorm. It was actually off-campus housing because AM doesn't require that you live on campus. So I moved into this kind of like ritzy, quote, dorm that was coed. And it was a ton of Greek life people in there. My roommates, two of them were in Greek life, and one of them was not in Greek life. We had like a four room unit. And it was a really, really nice dorm. Like I said, everyone was in Greek life in different sororities and fraternities and stuff. So we all became friends from living in that dorm. And I went to like all the fraternity stuff. I had been talking to a guy who was probably two years older than me and a big fraternity at AM. So I was super involved without having to actually be in a sorority. So I got really lucky because I know that a lot of schools, it's kind of like separated. Like if you're either in Greek life and you hang out with Greek life people or you aren't in Greek life and you don't hang out with Greek life people. I was friends with people who were and who weren't in Greek life. Some people were in a sorority and then dropped a the sorority after like A couple months, my best friend Laurel did that. So we were it was kind of like a Mod Podge of people, and I credit that to living in this, quote, off-campus dorm situation called the Callaway House. And that was kind of like our little Greek life thing within all the Greek life programs going on. I did want to explain my rush experience though, because I think that if this has happened to you, you might find some solace in knowing that it happens a lot. So I did rush my freshman year, and I didn't get bids from any of the two to three houses that I knew girls in or that my friends were in. So I actually found out later after Rush. So I went through all the way to the end and I didn't get any of the houses that I wanted. And I did get some and they were full of great girls. I just didn't want to be in those houses at that time. So I dropped Rush completely and just didn't get into a sorority. I was really, really hurt by that in the beginning obviously you go to college you know we went a week early for rush like all my my a lot of my friends I was around were rushing uh, whether or not they stayed in their sorority or like really were into it all that stuff happened later where they dropped and stuff but at that time freshman year at the first week I was there early I moved in I went through rush and I thought I had good conversations I thought I was doing well in rush and I was pretty pretty happy about it until about the last day I was told later by a couple girls in some of the two sororities that I really wanted to be in. Actually, that from older girls. Like these girls were like probably 3 years older than me. I was a freshman, they were seniors. They were like I talked to one girl in particular who was like, "Yeah, I actually really wanted you to be in X sorority." And I I talked to this girl on my first day of rush and she was like, "I thought you were so cool." And it shocked me because there was a girl from your hometown. I knew exactly who she was talking about who called us Whoever she knew at my college, she did not go to my college. I did not know her personally. She was three years older than me, who called us and said that she knew a girl who was entering rush at a and who was a whore and who should never be in ex-sorority. So she called who she knew at each one and told them this. So of course, they're like, OK, yeah, sounds good. And after the girls got to know me because I was friends with some of the older girls later, they were like. That actually fucking sucks because she specifically said that you were a whore and that we shouldn't give you a bid. And we did not because of that. And, and that sucked because we had a good conversation with you. And I had this happen like y'all multiple times. And this isn't the first time this kind of thing has happened when I was going into even high school. like that. I had a whole thing when I was going to high school where all the girls were calling me a whore based off of something a classmate of mine said in my own grade and fucking eighth grade. And the girls were so mean to me. The older girls, like girls that were two or three years older than me, would call me in the middle of the night and like tell me that I was a whore on the phone. I'm like 14. Y'all, I didn't kiss a boy till I was 18 years old. (laughs) Okay. And everyone knew that too. So that was shocking. But anyways, this girl really made it her mission. And I think the reason is at 18, I kissed a boy for the first time. And then like a year later, like before I was going into college, I hooked up with this girl's ex-boyfriend. And I mean like a literal ex-boyfriend, okay? She was like already with someone else at the time. And I hooked up with him and she was really upset about it from what I can tell and called a bunch of sororities. So that ruined my rush experience (laughs) for sure. And I do want to say like I was no stranger to alcohol at this point. I had gone out. I had visited A&M, but there were girls who did way worse things than me that everyone knew about or no one but no one really cared about that's the point no one was up their ass about it who got bids to everything that they wanted so that was my experience it was horrible I did not love the rush experience at all it was, it's exhausting but I know some friends who really liked their sororities I know some friends at AM and m who really liked them I know some friends elsewhere who really liked them so I'm not saying don't rush. I'm not saying it's going to be a bad thing, but my experience was that with rushing and it was really upsetting and really discouraging when you're starting out your college situation like that. I will say that I was able to, like I said, go be a part of Greek life in terms of fraternities. I was talking to a guy my entire freshman year who was like two years older than me and really involved in like the biggest fraternity really on campus at that point. So I was always at everything. My friends were always at everything. Like I was just really involved in that way. So I wasn't didn't feel not included as the years went on. But the initial rush experience was definitely very discouraging. And it just it's amazing to me how much people care about ruining other people's lives. Like I'm not the nicest person in the world. But like, I've never really gone out of my way to make someone else have a terrible time just because, honestly, I don't care. (laughs) So that was kind of shocking, especially coming from a person who I've never met in my life. But, yeah, that was just a disaster. And it was kind of, like, nice that a lot of girls came around, like, years later. And still now some people follow me on Instagram, some of the girls that literally rushed me who – I wasn't given a bid that year, you know, have come around and been like, actually, you're pretty sick. Like that actually sucks that we didn't do that. And I hold no grudges. I don't really give a fuck. It's literally college rush. But if you guys are going through that, if any of you have dealt with that experience, I feel you, girl. And it's not the end of the world. I promise. At the end of the day, I think that's another experience that has helped me so much in my life. It helped me so much. When I started blogging and all of this stuff, I think had I felt really comfortable and in a group and like really accepted by other people, I would have been very afraid to go out and start doing the blogging thing and posting on Instagram trying to like do the influencing thing years ago when I was in college because it was so looked down upon and considered weird And I think had I not already been kind of excluded in a certain way multiple times in my life, I think that that would have been really intimidating for me to go off and do something on my own and kind of bear the brunt of other people's criticism. But I think that experience and being confronted and like being rejected in that way by other women, by my peers, I think that that really set me up yet again to pursue something that initially kind of drew that kind of rejection um when i started posting on instagram and all that stuff it wasn't like no one knew what i was doing they didn't get it i got made fun of a lot and i know that's a big thing too that i get in my dms is like how do you keep posting and doing what you want to do when you know your friends see it and your family sees it and your you know people you went to school with see it and it's embarrassing and all this stuff I had already been embarrassed so many times in my life and I'd already been rejected and excluded multiple times from girls just growing up. And I learned from them and I learned that that doesn't kill you. So I just went for it and did it and I was embarrassed, but I didn't care because I'd been embarrassed before and I didn't like die. You know, the rush experience, yes, was bad to summarize, but I do genuinely like think that it helped me in the end. But I just obviously at the time didn't see the larger picture. So I was really upset about it, to be quite honest, the first week that it happened. And then I was over it and everything was fine. My college experience was totally fine because my college, it wasn't particularly Greek heavy. And I had a great time and I did have a great time at the frat parties when I went and stuff like that as well. So it just depends on what you want to do, by the way, in terms of the rush or not rush. Again, I'm not saying do it or don't do it or every school's like this um, or every experience is like this because you might really love it. It just wasn't obviously a part of my path in college. Okay, so the next question was, what are your favorite things or the best things about college and what are your biggest regrets? So we'll start with the best things about uh, my college experience. Hands down, my friends I absolutely love the people I was connected with in college, and I feel like those are just lifelong friends, even though all of them live <laughs> in Texas, specifically Houston. Actually, I realized like pretty much all my college friends that I've been I was close with and still I'm close with live in Texas or in Houston. So, yeah, the best thing is definitely my friends, the experience I had making my college friends and really making lifelong friends at the school that I went to. The other best thing was studying sociology. So to me, my classes weren't necessarily super inspiring. I did enjoy studying uh, political science and I stuck to it. But to me, to be quite honest, I was very smart in school and book smart. Yes. But just like kind of I really knew how to write well and to communicate well with teachers and things like that. So Uh, And how to study because my high school, thankfully, was a college prep school and kind of taught us how to do well in college. And I went to a big public state school. So it wasn't like it was a very, very rigorous, challenging experience for me because I also chose a major that I was just really good at. Had I chosen engineering or something, it probably would have been a different story. But political science, I have a mind for that. And that was a pretty easy Road to take, honestly, and I realized it got e- easier as the you know road went on, but my sociology classes were just really interesting. I really loved sociology of religion, sociology of war, sociology of race, and my favorite class in college was sociology of industry. It was a really interesting class taught um, in my senior year. And it was taught by a Harvard guy who had graduated from Harvard and became a professor. And that's when I realized I probably shouldn't have gone to, a, to A&M. The way that his style of teaching was very similar to my like college prep high school situation. And I feel like I should have gone to a school where I was a little more, I don't know, my, my interests were... One important at that school, because Texas A&M, my school was a big engineering school and like sciences. They're not necessarily known for their political science department or journalism or sociology or psychology, anything that I was really interested in. I don't think they're like top, top tier for that. And it made me realize I should have maybe considered going to a school that was more specialized and academically rigorous in that way. But I did what I did. And I thought the sociology classes were actually very interesting at A&M, which might come to a shock to many of you, considering it's like known for it's an engineering college, basically. And then my biggest regrets, I think not being part of extracurricular activities, really. I wasn't a part really of any clubs, obviously wasn't a sorority, like I said, didn't play any sports. So I think expanding my mind, taking advantage of various groups and clubs on campus could have been interesting at the time. I didn't really know what I wanted to do when I was entering college. And for a long time in college, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I was going into the law direction, but I hadn't really made a plan for that yet. Yeah, I wish I kind of would have explored what AM had to offer more in terms of extracurriculars and clubs and stuff. Uh, also, I studied abroad in summer. So I studied like half a summer abroad. So it wasn't that long. And I wished that I had studied abroad longer and stayed abroad for longer. But I did spend half or I did spend a semester in Los Angeles. And then a summer I went and studied abroad in Florence. So had I not spent that semester interning in Los Angeles, I probably would have studied abroad longer. I don't regret choosing to go to LA over like studying abroad for a semester. But um, I wished I had more time to study abroad, basically. Another regret I have is trying to fit in too much, especially in the beginning of college by the like latter part of college, especially my senior year, I had no interest in fitting in, but I did the whole song and dance. I wore the big XXL t-shirts and I did the thing where you don't care about your appearance and all this other stuff that was kind of big at AM if you were like a sorority girl or like sorority girl adjacent. We didn't like really get ready and like do all the things like it was kind of like cool to be a little bit slummy and stuff, which trust me, I enjoyed. I have my slummy days, but I think that I... I definitely tried to fit in in all these ways that I just didn't really want to. Like, you guys know, I love my outfits. I love getting dressed up. I love just, like, dressing to fit my personality. And most of the time, especially my freshman year and stuff, I was really presenting myself in a way that would be more acceptable to people because I just wanted to be accepted rather than, like, embracing who I was and if it was different or intimidating or just like weird to other people, I shouldn't have cared. But I did for a long time. So I really I do regret that in my earlier college years. And another thing very random that I regret is not taking my French classes more seriously. Okay, so I started taking French when I was in seventh grade. And I took it seventh and eighth grade in middle school, and then like all through high school, and I took it for like two or three years in college and I just didn't want to speak in class. I was very shy. I still kind of am shy sometimes, but I've always been that way. Very introverted, but also just like very shy. And I just didn't want to like, I was just embarrassed to talk in class. And I think that I didn't learn French because I didn't talk in class and practice. And that was like three years of like, basically like beginners, middle and like, more advanced French that I somehow skated by without really having to speak the language and I just wish I would have put myself out there and like just tried to speak it because I can read French and know what it says most of the time and I can like understand it sometimes but I can't speak it and I really wish I had picked up that skill so if you take a language in college please actually take advantage of learning the language when you're there <laughs> okay Okay, I don't know what number question we're on, but the next question is, how do you maintain friendships post-college? So I truly feel like my friends from college will be my best friends no matter what. Um, I feel like we went through something together, kind of like that initial period, kind of taking you from your high school years, living at home, to making you into an adult, and it was such a transformative period that we all went through together that I feel like we're just bonded for life, and I met some of my best friends in life in college to brag on them. They're fucking badasses. So the girls that I'm close with are doing things like they're petroleum engineers or they're in med school or they like own interior design firms or whatever it is. They're just killing it. And I'm really proud to know them. And because of that, I feel like they're my friends that we might not talk every day. We might not see each other all the time, especially through COVID. I couldn't go back to Texas to see everyone like I wanted to and be a part of everyone's lives like I really wanted to. But whenever I see them or talk to them, any of them, it we pick up right where we left off. And they all get it because they live these big lives and they're busy and they're getting married and they're doing all these things. I just truly think it's the best. The best friendships are the ones that... You guys share such a special bond and you guys are both doing really cool things with your life and you have your own lives, but you love each other. You always support each other. And when you come back together, no matter how much time has passed, it's like you never left and you hop right back in as if you guys are still besties who live right next to each other and the dorms next to each other. You know what I mean? I love that about my college friends. I really appreciate them and I will always love and support them forever. And that's one thing that was such an amazing experience about college. So for me, maintaining friendships just means always letting them know that you love and support them making time when you do get free time to text them, make them know you're thinking about them. But I wouldn't stress too much because if these are like your real friends like that, they understand, you know, like sometimes you don't have time for best friend maintenance outside of college anymore. You're working, you have a life like maybe you guys live in two different places or three however many friends you're talking about. You live in different places. So make some time to catch up and um, you, know, when you can see them, go see them. But Just live your life, and I feel like the people who are supposed to be in your life are those that you um, maybe don't see or can't see, and then when you do see them, it's like nothing changed, and um, you guys are still best friends. So I haven't worked that much on maintaining friendships just because I got really lucky with the women I've chosen to be in my life. But those are my tips. Kind of not really tips, but kind of tips. Okay, so the next question is, if you could do it over again, would you have gone to a different school? So I touched on this earlier and the answer is like, I don't, I don't know, because I don't think that I would give out the friendships that I created at my college. I met some really amazing people, like I said, and I love my friends and I wouldn't give that up for the world. If I could have my same friends at a different school, 100% I would have. I feel like I would have been better off going somewhere that was a little more like my high school where people were just like very entrepreneurial minded. And that might have existed more at a private school rather than a, a big public school. That would have been way more expensive though. And I actually went to college for free at a big Texas state school because my dad's a war veteran. So I actually pretty much went to college for free because that's like a thing. Um, If you go to a Texas state school, I think it's called like the Hazelwood Act or something. So I got to do that for free. And obviously private school would have been really, really expensive. And I did consider that. Um, And I think I would have been better off in a situation where there were less students and just like a little bit more freedom than a big public school. But, you know, I chose to go to the big public school. So here we are. I do love my my friends that I met at school. So it's hard for me to answer that because it's like a yes and a no situation. Okay, so the next question is how did you balance social life and school? So my school, AM, and some of you might disagree with this if you go to AM right now, but I feel like it wasn't a huge party school now that I left AM and came to LA and like met people who went to like Indiana, like IU or like LSU and like places like that. I feel like AM, the bar scene and everything was pretty quiet and like basically non-existent during the week like there were some like events and stuff that would happen during the week like if there were date parties and stuff or you know just things like that like randomly but i feel like there weren't that many people like going out on like a tuesday night or wednesday night you know If anything, it was like Thursday, Friday or Saturday. I feel like there weren't even that many weekends that I went out like I didn't go out like every night. And I don't know if that was like just me and my friends or if that was the culture. Like when we went out, we went out and I'll explain to you later some of my embarrassing stories. But when we went out, we went out and we really did the thing. But a lot of us like during the week didn't I didn't really see my friends that much. I lived with like four girls in my like dorm kind of place and then I lived in a house with five girls for two years or a year and a half five girls including myself so like my social life was like seeing my roommates and stuff and we would like hang out and like watch shows and stuff together but we spent a, a good amount of time in the library at a which is kind of surprising I feel like again for a big public state school I think I feel like they get party school vibes but We weren't like partying that much in comparison to other schools from what I've noticed. So it wasn't that much of a difficulty for me to like manage my social life and my school life because during the week it was pretty much just like all school. And when I lived alone my senior year, it was like I was alone and I was working also. I was doing the blog thing, starting that, trying to get that off the ground and doing school during the week and then on the weekends I would just like go wild with my friends so there was a good balance there naturally I don't know how your school is though so like I'm not going to say don't go out during the week if like it's like a thing to do at your school to go out during the week but you do have to be disciplined like for me it this sounds like I'm bragging I'm really not school was not very hard so I was able to get by I could have just like gone out all the time and I would have been fine but you have to know your threshold. Like, do you need to study a certain amount? Um, Are there certain classes that you need to study for more? Just organize your time and make sure that you're really being intentional about your study time that you need and how you need to work. And then you can have your free time also. I schedule everything in at this point in my life. So I even even schedule in the fun time. So just make sure you're intentional about your schedule, but also remember that it's college. It's supposed to be fun. You're supposed to be with your friends. So schedule as, as much as possible, but allow yourself some freedom to be more social, because this is the time to do it. Have so much fun. It's literally the best time ever. Okay, and the next common question that I got, how did you deal with post-grad limbo? So I had spent the last semester of my junior year in Los Angeles. I was here in LA for eight months. And then I went back to school for my senior year. And my senior year, I was living alone. I was really leaning into the blogging influencing thing because I had been working in fashion PR as an intern in Los Angeles. And I realized all these influencers were getting paid a ton of money. And this was like in 2016. It was my, yeah, my senior year. And I knew what I wanted to do. I decided that year that that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to move out to Los Angeles. I wanted to become a blogger and I wanted to really go for it. So I really had a plan and I wanted to honestly leave college soon, like earlier than um, graduating. I did not want to graduate. I was so Annoyed by senior year to still be there. That's just standard me. But I graduated and then I decided, you know, I'm going to blog full time. So I had a plan and I was really focused on building my exciting new life with my risky job in a crazy city like Los Angeles. I didn't really personally feel the limbo because I was so committed to my new life. So that's the kind of advice I can give you. Just commit to your new life. Jump into it. I know it seems really scary to be an adult, and it can be really difficult to acclimate to life in the real world after college, but this is a time that can be so exciting, and you can look at the unknown and be afraid of it, or you can just take it as a chance to literally create the life that you want. So if you feel alone or overwhelmed, you need to let yourself have permission to feel those things after college because it's just part of life, and it's just a really important feeling to have and just grasp onto it and just really commit to your new adult life. Like you're literally creating your life right now in the beginning of it, you know? So it should be a really exciting time. And I feel like everyone leaving college, it is very sad, but just look at it like that and, and really decide who you want to be, because this is you literally becoming an adult. This is you becoming yourself. And it's such a crazy time, but it's so fucking fun and exciting as well. Okay. So now we're going to end with some, (laughs) a few college stories. Someone asked, um, You know, what are your best memories in college? Someone else asked, tell us about crazy nights. Someone else said, tell us some uh, crazy college stories. So we'll go in first with my best memories from Texas A&M. So one thing about A&M is that it's a very like intense Texas school. Okay. I feel like half the school is from like those tiny Texas towns that no one really knows. It's very country in a lot of ways. So we had a festival called Chili Fest, and this is like the redneck Coachella. And I'm not talking about Stagecoach. OK, I'm talking about Texas country music. I'm talking about mud, literal mud everywhere. Stagecoach looks like the upper echelon rich kid first class version of Chili Fest. OK, this took place in a town called Snook, Texas. It's right outside of College Station, Texas, where my college was. No one knows what College Station, Texas is because it's not very big, but Snook, Texas is infinitely smaller, <laughs> okay? No one knows what Snook, Texas is. And once a year, we go out there for uh, three or four days This whole festival took took place under the guise of a chili cook-off. So there were all these tents and people cooking chili, right? But there's also a massive stage for all these performers to go play their music. A lot of Texas country artists, very like red dirt country, I would call the genre. We all know them in Texas. They're very popular. They're kind of like regional, statewide superstars. And... The whole thing is a mud pit, basically. And all the fraternities have these big tents and they have like DJs in each tent and like just endless amounts of beer, endless number of cops walking around giving minors, MIPs, all the things you want from a redneck country concert. okay, on steroids, though, because it's literally like I don't want to say hundreds of thousands of people, but I feel like it had to be at least 100,000 people. It was massive. The grounds are massive. Everyone's walking around. So I did my first Chili Fest when I was a senior in high school. I met actually a lot of my best friends there who were also in high school, who I became friends with when we moved in our freshman year. And basically, you would go out into like the mosh pit that is the main stage area. Listen to your favorite artists get covered in beer like y'all covered in beer. You had to wear boots, obviously, because it was incredibly muddy. That's another thing about AM. There's mud everywhere. At all the parties, all the frat parties, tailgating, it all takes place in like on land or in fields where there's mud and you don't wear cowboy boots for fashion. You wear them because you got to not get mud all over you and your legs. So you wear the cowboy boots to protect yourself. But Chili Fest was such a fun time every year. Like We really let loose di- during Chili Fest. It was wild. It was like day party into the night and it was just so much fun every single year. I went back for it even when I like left to go to uh, LA for six months or whatever, I literally went back for Chili Fest because it was such a fun time. So I always remember that freshman year. Another memory that sticks out. We went to Gulf Shores, Alabama for spring break and me and my (laughs) friend, my friend stayed in this horrible, horrible place. And (laughs) basically in Gulf Shores, there were all the bigger houses that lined the beach. And a lot of the sororities got together and like Put all their girls, like all the sorority girls would get together and do a house for each sorority. And some of our friends were in sororities, but most of my good friends weren't like they either were and dropped or they weren't at all. So we didn't have a house to go to. So we're like, all right, let's let's pull our money together, (laughs) drive to Gulf Shores and get this like little apartment thing right across the street from all the sorority houses right across the street from the beach. So we get there. This place is called the Seahorse is the name of the apartment complex it's literally four apartments i swear to god there was crack in these walls like someone was stuffing crack back there for sure it looked like it was a front for something it was not this apartment was not okay so we ended up calling it the shit horse (laughs) but of course we're in college we don't give a shit we're just trying to get out we're freshmen we're like just trying to get out and go we're in gulf shores alabama with like a ton of other schools, all these other people. So we're in the shit horse. There's like four of us in a one bedroom place. People are sleeping on the pullout couch. At one point I was sleeping on the pullout couch and I heard like one of my friends had a guy in the next room in the only bedroom of the shit horse. And I'm sleeping on the couch and there's a man in the bed and he's taking up my spot. I remember going in there specifically. We were savages in college. I remember after I heard them not doing whatever they were doing anymore I like walked over the door and like did a little knock and was like, who's in there? And the guy was like, who are you? And I was like, um, get out of my house. <laughs> and my friend who was with him was like, yeah, you need to leave. And then I just climbed to bed and went to sleep. We had ramen noodles everywhere. We were living in filth in the seahorse, aka the Shit Horse, which I'm sh- pretty sure, again, like I said, was a drug den where they put drugs in the walls. Like it literally looked like that. I don't know if you'll know what I'm talking about, but it literally looked like a place someone would do that. And the thing about this whole experience is it was so fucking fun. It was so dumb. We were being idiots. We were drunk on the beach for a week for no reason. We had no reason to do that. We were swollen and we were full of pizza and beer, but we were living. We were really living. It was wild. And it was so much fun. I'm going to find some photos of me in college and put them up on the note to self pod Instagram (laughs) and y'all can see. Okay. All right. I've got two more stories for you guys. The last one is like the big finale. All right. So this next one's pretty bad though. (laughs) At the time, this was like not great, but I was kind of talking to a guy for a long time, a fuck boyish, you could say, um, I would say for about a year and he was about two years older than me. And he was really involved in his fraternity, and I was kind of always over at uh, his house that he lived in. It was very normal for me to go stay over there and stuff, and I knew his friends pretty well who lived with him and um, just his normal friends from life. So a lot of my friends were also dating his friends. So they're very aware of us. This group of guys is very – we're very much just like the homies. So one night they were having a party at the house that this man lived in. We'll call him – John so John was studying for a huge test that he had to take (laughs) and like huge okay like like career starting huge test for after college because he was kind of like nearing you know nearing his exit plan I guess for college and I was a freshman so I'm at this party because I don't have to be in the library I'm not studying for any crazy test I'm at the party the frat party at his house he because there's a party going on has locked his door into his bedroom so none of the crazy people can get in there and I'm there at the party I'm drunk I'm with my friends and he's at the library knowing his house is getting absolutely trashed by his friends and everyone in the fraternity and all the girls and including myself. So, I remember texting him and being like, I'm tired. I want to go to sleep. And he's like, Okay, hey, don't go in my room. And I'm like, Yeah, I'm going to go in your room. I don't remember this whole thing because I was definitely blackout. But at some point, I have taken a credit card or something and just like opened this door. And he was so pissed that I opened the door. I do remember that. And I was like, Fuck you. I don't care. I'm sleeping. I'm sleeping here. And he's like, Don't, please don't get in my bed. Like, whatever. Just like, doesn't want me to be like in his bed, drunk and disgusting. And keep in mind, a huge test is coming. So anyways, I am um, like, fuck you. Don't care. So I'm in there with my friends. He's like, don't just don't make a mess of anything. My friend is fully on his bed with boots on with mud on the boots on the bed. And I'm just passed out. Okay. <laughs> she's he's like, don't let him in my room. I'm like, sure. I won't. She's tra- she's traipsing all over the bed. Okay. So at some point, this you know something happens where the cops come and i'm texting this man a fuck boy if you will and i think i'm texting him like something very volatile or something so my friend decides okay Peyton's texting him and it's like getting she's getting annoying so i'm just gonna hide her phone in his room and she can get it in the morning when she wakes up but she just can't embarrass herself anymore so she hides my phone i'm passed out at this point the cops come she has to crawl through the window to escape by the way so she's crawling all over his bed more with the mud on his, her shoes i wake up the next morning still in my clothes from last night the man is not in the bed with me okay he's he's somewhere else he has not come home and i am so fucked up still my phone is nowhere to be seen i've no i'm so embarrassed that i get up and sneak out of the door the front door So quietly, so early in the morning. And I walk on the train tracks a mile and a half back to my dorm with no phone, wearing the last night's outfits at like 7 a.m. The next morning, I get a text. He's like, You threw up in my bed. (laughs) I was like, What do you mean I threw up in your bed? He's like, You threw up in my bed. That's exactly what I just said. I don't remember throwing up and it wasn't like visible, like, throw up like chunks it was like like liquid throw up so after he'd been studying all night and a whole party was happening in his house that he was already stressed about because he was super anal my friends had stepped i broke into his room my friend stepped on his bed he slept in a friend's room that wasn't home so he wouldn't have to see me and after all of this my phone is in his fucking dresser so i have to sneak back to his house get into his house. Hopefully he wasn't there. I was really hoping he wouldn't be there. I was coordinating with a friend. He was there. I got caught. It was a disaster. But the image of me walking home on those train tracks at 7am um, will never leave my mind. And the fact that he ended up being a little bit of a fuck boy back then, I'm sure he's normal now, but it's just hilarious to me because I just love the idea that my friend was just like stomping all over his bed. And it's actually fucking funny. And we all were just like laughing about it. So if you have a fuck boy in your life. And you want to annoy him. I highly recommend taking some notes for myself. From myself. <laughs> okay. And the last story. <sighs> the fateful story of how I got arrested for the first time. And yes, I said for the first time. I don't know that I'll tell the other stories. But my first time getting arrested... I was, I don't even remember what year that was. I might've been a senior. Uh, I might've been a junior. Okay. But I'll just tell it like this real fast. So I (laughs) had been out the night prior to the fateful night. And my friend Laurel and I were running around Northgate. That's the bar area at my college. All the bars are kind of in one place. And we're running around Northgate. I'm talking to this guy, not the same guy, that I thought was really hot. And he was at a bar across Northgate from where I was. So this is like a Friday night. And me and Laurel are joking, laughing, having a good time. We're like, let's run to this bar because he's there. So we're running, running. At some point, we run into each other and trip because we're so drunk. When this happens, I fall down onto the ground and we're laughing still and we get up and we're all laughing until I stand up and Laurel looks at me and her face, her eyes are so wide, her mouth is open. She's like, (gasps) and I'm looking at her like, what the fuck? And I just feel warmth on my face. So I had an old cheerleading injury (laughs) on my eyebrow where I had to get my eyebrow glued together and it had burst open and I was drunk and I didn't really feel it that much, but I was bleeding everywhere. So of course... Thankfully, this is right in front of, like, the EMTs that are on uh, Northgate and in front of some cops. So people have a pretty good memory of what I look like at this point because I'm sitting there getting patched up by them, repatched up. And I'm just so drunk. They take note of me. So the next night I'm out. Yes, I did go out the next night. And, yes, my eyebrow was looking pretty crazy. But I went out and... (laughs) I don't remember much. Okay. So we went to a party. It was like a seventies theme party and I was wearing a sequined dress. Actually, I think this was my freshman year. I think it was my freshman year. Cause I remember going back to my freshman dorms. Anyways, I was wearing a sequined dress and go-go boots. Okay. So get that image in your head. I was drunk walking from one bar to another to meet some friends and some cops started talking to me, and they had decided that I was too drunk to be out and that I was going to be arrested for a public intoxication. So at this point, I do remember this partially. I'm sitting there, and I'm like, listen, I'll go home if you let me go home. Like, I don't want to go to jail, et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, I live right here. Like, I live right behind the bars, which I did. And I'm going to go home. My friends are home, whatever. So they're like, okay, you can go home. I leave their sights. I walk around the closest bar to the back. I walk around the bar. And as soon as they can't see me anymore, I sneak off to my final destination, to the bar I wanted to go to. So I'm out. I'm having a great time. I'm walking around to the next bar. They spot me again and they're like, no fucking way. <laughs> what is your problem? So they come and they take me. They put my handcuffs on. <laughs> Honestly, what's crazy to me is I've spent so many nights blackout and I do remember this experience, like quite a lot of it, actually, until I actually get to the jail. But that kind of shocks me because I'm like, of all nights when you could have arrested me for being publicly intoxicated, you choose the night that I do genuinely remember stuff. Anyways, they're like, fuck you. You're coming with us. I remember sitting there. They handcuffed me. They put me in the middle of of the most trafficky area of Northgate, like with all the foot traffic. So I'm sitting there arrested. Hundreds of people are walking past me. My friends, everyone's like, hey, Peyton. I'm like, hey, what's up? <laughs> I'm sitting there with like three other people just handcuffed in my fucking sequin dress and go-go boots. I can put that photo on the Instagram too, the outfit I was wearing. So I am sitting there heckling them in standard me style. I'm just like, oh, thank God you got me off the streets, my guys. Like I was going to do a lot of damage today. Looking back, I do understand, like, you do have to arrest people or keep them, you know, take them away if they are a menace to society. And, you know, it's not really my place to say if I was a menace or not, because I was the one that was drunk. Maybe I wasn't paying attention. Maybe I was a menace. I don't know. Or maybe they didn't want me to go home and, like, get so drunk and, like, choke in my sleep and, like, or throw up in my sleep or something and, like, choke on it, something fucking crazy. I do understand that logic. But I'm also, like, seriously of all fucking people... Also, a lot of cops in my college town don't have a lot to do. We'll just note that as well, by the way. So anyways, they take me in. They put me in a cell. I'm kind of blackout at this point. So I wake up in in the morning at like 7 a.m. Just wake up naturally. And it takes me a second to get my bearings because I'm still wearing the sequin dress. I'm still wearing the go-go boots. Okay, It's more like a drunk tank situation. I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) What is going on? So I get up and the first thing I hear, I'm on the top bunk. There's two bunks in this like cell. And there's two women on the bottoms of each bunk. And there, as this woman can hear me getting up, she's like, girl, you were crazy last night. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I look like a hot mess, okay? She's like, you were crazy last night. And I was like, what do you mean? Because of course, me just digesting that I'm literally waking up in jail Was one thing and then me with people who are also in jail telling me that I was crazy. I was like, what the fuck did I do? Apparently there was a girl who came in that night um, and she had gotten a DUI and she was screaming and yelling at the cops that she didn't get a DUI from the cell and everyone was trying to sleep, including myself. I guess this is when I was blackout. And... The other two women who were in the jail were in jail for not paying tickets. So I guess they had outstanding tickets that they just weren't paying. And I guess they were doing jail time to like pay them off in some way. I can't really remember. This was quite a while ago, but I think it was like 19 when this happened, maybe 20. So she was taking it upon herself to keep everyone up at night. And of all the people in the jail cell, it was me who decided to keep her in line. Apparently... (laughs) After all of her screaming and not letting anyone sleep, I get up and I was like, shut the fuck up. Everyone knows you're drunk because she was trying to convince them that she wasn't drunk. I was like, everyone knows you're drunk. You're not fooling anyone. Like, shut the fuck up. You're not the only person here. And everyone else in the cell was like, (gasps) wow, like spicy. So anyways, me and my go-go boots and my sequin dress had some things to say when I was in jail. You could say I was the queen of my cell, but you know. I think that that's just that's just me. That's just my story, my set of the story. But um, yeah, that was an interesting time. My friend Jenny picked me up from jail. Shout out to Jenny. We'll be besties forever because of her dedication to the cause. And then I went home and then I had to hire myself a lawyer. I never told my parents about it. And that was the end of my jail story in college. So there you go. Imagine me walking into the Callaway house into my freshman dorm the next day with the same outfit on um, having been in jail that night. So that was really nice. And that is the end of my college episode, my back to school college episode. (laughs) Please no one go get arrested. Please don't be crazy underage drinking. I have to say that so I don't get sued. Okay, please don't do it. Do not take my story as a, um, as inspiration. Let's say it's just not fun. I will say jail was kind of an experience. I wasn't afraid in jail. I had some other situations with the law before or after this, also including drinking, but um, we'll get to those another day. But yeah, the the jail situation was, while kind of fucking me up in the moment and making me like, oh, wow, I can't believe I was such a menace to society. They literally had to take me away and lock me in a room because they thought that I was a danger <laughs> to myself or others. That kind of was weird to really kind of realize But otherwise, it was kind of an interesting place to go. Met some people I probably wouldn't have met otherwise. So, you know, if you guys have any fun jail stories, let me know. Comment them on my one of the Instagrams or something. That's kind of fun. We can all bond over our trauma. Otherwise, that's really all I have for you guys today. I hope some of these answers were, you know, up to snuff for you guys. I hope you guys could take something from this episode. I love talking about college. I think it's just hilarious and such a fun time to kind of get to like relive in my head as I'm going through it. If you guys are going, entering into college, if you're in college right now, take a breather, take a breath, don't take things too seriously, have a good time, like study, do all the things you need to do, but just really live in this moment because I really wish, you know, sometimes I wish I could go back. I think at the time I didn't really want to be there as much sometimes, but really do it while you're there and take advantage of the time because it's such a special time in your life and you're going to make such amazing friends at this point. And there's never going to be a time in your life where you're surrounded by people who are all your same age and kind of all in your same situation in a sense, you know? So it's just a really interesting time. So definitely embrace it. Um, If you're starting school this year, have the best time. I know it can be overwhelming sometime. If you are leaving school, entering the adult world, like I said, embrace this as well. You know, you got to be where you are in your life and you're going to miss college and you're going to miss your friends and things like that, but you get to start a whole new life and it's going to be so exciting. And I honestly miss that feeling as well as that was such an exciting time in my life as well. So as per usual, you guys can find me on Instagram at Peyton Sarton. You can find the podcast on Instagram at NTS by PS. Uh, You can find the podcast on TikTok at note to self pod um of having the best time on TikTok like I said. Please, 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 if you have a moment, rate and review the podcast. That would be absolutely amazing. And otherwise, I will see you guys next Tuesday.